0: Okay, I identify with a short squat too so I'm into this <laughs> That works for me
1: We've seen it all before so let's reload On a very special episode Of shows that suck And shows that blow. Buckle up, buttercup, it's a bumpy road Going Deep inside the mainframe Secret code code, code. Some of this shit stinks Some of it's gold gold. It's ABC Featuring the VIPs of SBT Austin G and Dr. DB With our and c money Weird TV is their specialty It might be all four Or just one, two, or three Cause they're old and kinda busy So go get ready and take a peek So, set your phases to download, the rarity that we had bestowed, special moments no one would I show, open your body holes cause you're gonna get told, grab yourself a drink and let's unload, in a very special episode, so.
2: Hello. And welcome to a very special episode podcast, where we talk about sitcoms that just have a couple people talk about nothing, and a sitcom <laughs> that isn't named Seinfeld. I'm David <laughs> Bitsonoffer, and joining me is the person who would happily eat a months-old loose Twizzler randomly found in a cabinet.
0: Carolyn Maine. <laughs> Months ain't nothing on Twizzlers, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, there, there's enough preservatives, there. they'll last, they'll <laughs> last. Uh, and the person who wants to eat 500 pounds of rigatoni totally (laughs) Austin
3: (laughs) Gordon I mean let's be fair both of those were equally applicable (laughs) you go for the month old Twizzler I would go for the month-old Twizzler. No, uh, it's Twizzler. It's a month <laughs> is like barely a dent in its shelf life. It's a day.
2: I'm not saying you're going to get sick off of it necessarily, but it feels like it get pretty stale. But
3: I mean, way. you'd have to like gnaw on it pretty good.
0: <laughs> does Austin have to eat all 500 pounds of rigatoni? Because I might want to change my answer.
2: <laughs> he does. Like only one person gets to eat all the rigatoni. <laughs> the
0: <most laughs> have to. Well, Austin, I can't wait.
2: <laughs> well, I have some questions challenge. about this rigatel. Nope. We'll
4: get to that.
2: <laughs> Today, we are reviewing Mad About You, Season 6, Episode 9, The Conversation. Paul and Jamie put their child to bed for the night, and they have a talk. The end. <laughs> I'm David For <laughs> You can find me at Doctor Bits on Twitter.
4: Very good, uh, too.
2: What was I gonna I was gonna say something else that was gonna be hilarious and then <laughs> we got it. uh oh yeah we're just gonna say this starts our uh see TV block that
4: all three, oh, of us yes. doing right?
3: Summer theme marathon voted by you, the listeners.
4: What
0: did they vote? I don't know.
2: Must see <laughs> TV. Must, must see TV was r- r- what we yeah. ended up with.
0: We must uh, see this TV. We must podcast this TV. Yeah. We must start with Mad About You because Dave <laughs>
2: said Who so. doesn't want to talk mad about <laughs> you? Uh, Austin, do you have a relationship with Mad About You? Are you mad about Mad About You? I <laughs> feel <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how
3: many like how many <laughs> ad companies pitched some yeah, variation yeah. on that through
2: the or just like TV TV guide articles that had some format uh-huh. in there.
0: I know. wish we all worked at the TV guide in the 1980s. Don't yeah, you I think know. we'd that, be happier? It
2: be a sweet gig. <laughs> Shit.
0: Sweet,
3: sweet Instead gig. of we're doing this, right? <laughs> uh, I do not have a relationship with uh, Mad About You. I don't think I ever really watched it um i i guess the closest thing i have to a relationship with Matt about you is that uh around the time that it was airing so like late middle school early high school uh the license plate on my dad's car was khh <laughs> and he always said that he remembered it by kiss helen hunt
0: Whoa, your dad loved Helen Hunt. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah,
2: this, yeah, this she's is this an attractive is,
3: lady. She is. This is Peak Helen Hunt. This is sure. you know sure. she's sure. got Mad About You. It's this hit sitcom. She was in Twister, which yeah. was this giant movie. <laughs> I which think. do you associate
2: her with more?
3: Uh Mad About You. <laughs> for me Twister, because I didn't yeah. watch Mad About You like <laughs> I didn't watch the sh- like to me Mad About You is this show that the lady
0: from Twister did. Mm-hmm. Also, as good as it gets, and what women want, right? Like some Mel Gibson, mm. Jack Nicholson shit. I was gonna go look up the dates and see
3: how close she is to her to uh, her Oscar nomination.
0: Oh, which one did she get that for? As good as, it as gets? good as good as it gets. Yeah, as good as your Oscar gets, anyways.
3: <laughs> right. So that was that. Uh, that was ninety-seven. Okay. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah, not a huge. Uh, Paul Reiser, you know he—I knew him from Aliens.
0: Uh, He's so pretty in Alien.
3: He wrote, ironically, given the subject of this episode, a uh, a fatherhood book that I kept having to shelve in the humor section when I worked at Barnes and Noble. It was one of those like perpetual, uh, you know, per- perennial, perennial titles in the humor category mm. from Paul Reiser. So,
0: but you couldn't put in the actual parenting. Book section because it was too comical
3: right right it was like oh if you're a stand up comedian and you wrote a book that goes in humor no matter what it's
2: about <laughs> uh, Carolyn do you have a relationship with Matt about you
0: Oddly enough, I do, even though oh, really? I, uh, I didn't f- remember it until you mentioned it for your selection, David. <laughs> and looking back on it, my spouse said when we were watching this episode that it's the Diet Coke of sitcoms. <laughs>
4: yeah.
0: So corny and so smooth. By the way, pregame sesh, David's really missing his vanilla Diet Cokes. So if anybody has a <laughs> hookup, DM him.
2: It's so no I'm <laughs> I'm more of a cherry uh, Coke okay. Zero person. I've been, been there. The I've vanilla. been there. Yeah, I'm, I like my
4: vanilla.
0: Coke oh, zero. I got it wrong. Okay, no, well, I listeners, that's on you to hook the boys thing. up, right? Get it right, people. <laughs> I am full on just seltzer, just straight from the yeah. the nitrogen cartridge these days.
2: It sounds healthy.
0: sure (laughs) just say yes to nitrogen cartridges Mm -hmm. Um, so
2: I definitely this
0: when Mad About You was airing I want to say what 93 or whatever this was when I was watching all the television I didn't have a job (laughs) I was a child I didn't have anything Mm -hmm. else to do apparently so I definitely watched like parents dealing with their shit on sitcoms and this is one of them and I recall David that this was a very special episode because we'll get there they dealt with this whole subject matter, and it's it's kind of... I remember like being a kid being like, this This episode's kind of a bummer, and I think I feel the same way as an adult, but we'll <laughs> get through it. Um, Paul Reiser is very pretty in Alien, so it's nice to see him here do his big thing. <laughs> Helen Hunt, all those things he mentioned, and she was in this PSA where she, like, jumped out a window on drugs in the 70s. That's one of her early roles, so that's cool. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I have somewhat... I remember that this was part of the early game must-see TV, and I remember kind of liking it. So that's my big relationship Mm. with Mad About You. How about you, David, host and choice maker?
2: (laughs) I really don't have much of a relationship with the show. (laughs) To be fair, like I said, I've watched a lot of TV in my time, and I certainly watched Mad About You. Mm -hmm. But as you say, kind of a die-coke of sitcoms, just nothing ever really stuck, right? A very ephemeral, very... Not much of a footprint uh, in the zeitgeist of anything. It just kind of was there and then went and then, you know, you Which, had a few laughs and then just everything. Well, and, I
3: mean, to That's that point, doing. David, as, as you discovered when prepping for this episode, like, this is not on any streaming service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, And it's not even available to purchase. Like, there's a lot of shows where it's like, there's a lot of shows that you can watch on one of the myriad streaming services. And if you can't watch it, you can probably buy it or rent it from Amazon's or Apple or whatever. This ain't nowhere beyond. Like, the first season is on a couple of uh, purchase
2: platforms. It just and and I'll throw this out, which is in doing a little research, I learned that there was a revival of this, and they had a season just a year ago.
0: No, what are you talking about?
3: I'll put it this way, David. When you said that, I went, "Oh yeah, I do remember hearing about that." Then when you said it was just last year, I was like, "Wait, what?" Like I would have guessed, like I don't know, two or three years ago. Man. Well,
0: in fairness, Austin, just last year was actually ten years ago. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, that, that is true. true. Yeah,
2: I. Yeah, but I, I had I not heard like,
0: that. What?
2: What? I got confused looking up some seasons and suddenly it said like two thousand nineteen. I'm like, wait, what? What's going on here? And apparently they uh they did a reboot not a reboot, like just a continuation, a revival of it. But.
0: Are Helen and Paul in Is? Yep, yep. Wow, how tight are they keeping it?
2: Like Helen Hunt directed a bunch of the episodes that look like maybe Paul Razer oh, did for too, her. but I don't know.
0: She is a producer on this episode that we're about to get into. Yeah. So it's nice to see her like creatively flex while she's yeah. in the mix. Yeah.
2: Uh, I will say, like, Paul Reiser, my re- recollection is just some guy I knew but didn't know how I knew. He was just a dude. But then I, he was on My Two Dads, and I certainly watched a lot of My Two Dads in its days. Was
4: so.
3: he? Was he one of the dads? Was he one yep, of the
2: he, titular two dads? Yeah. <laughs> he, he was dad. a dad. He was the buttoned-up uh, type <laughs> A personality.
0: Oh, that's not what he plays on this, huh?
2: No, no. He's he, would, a little more he was lucy, the
0: Felix lucy. to the other
3: dads Oscar
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, Helen Hunt, uh, I knew, but mostly just from Twister and also thinking she was in Jurassic Park, which she was not. That's Close
0: right. enough.
3: Helen <laughs> Hunt, not Laura Dern. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> which uh, me in the 90s did not co- quite come to terms with. So. <laughs> uh,
3: this just in from our cracked research team, mm-hmm. uh, Helen Hunt had herself a, a, a December... This episode aired the 16th of December of 97, and on Christmas of that year is when As Good As It Gets was released into theaters. Oh, man. Wow.
5: So, yeah, this
2: is, this is peak Helen Hunt right here. Yeah, yeah. I can She's feel really it. Flexing. We're
5: peaking. Yeah.
2: But uh, we can get into, well, we will. One thing, like, we did Must See TV. That was our, yeah, our theme for the summer. And so then I, you know, their Seinfeld is what I think of a must-eat. Seinfeld and Friends, right? That's right, the that's two like big the two, ones that, yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: two bigs, and we've already covered them.
2: Cheers wasn't a part of it, or maybe just at the tail end, but doesn't yeah, feel I mean, this is must-eat. where
0: you and I
4: talk yeah. a little
3: bit, David.
0: How mm. NBC
3: has like marketed their Thursday night block of comedies and dramas in some variation of must see TV since like the early eighties with cheers and the Cosby show and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But must see TV as a specific branding name and what most people think of when you say must see TV is definitely like a nineties era, post yeah. cheers construct but mm-hmm. we
0: feel like cheers grandfathered it in very much
3: yeah so. yeah I mean, yeah.
2: like Mus- the, uh...
3: yeah musty tv grew out of nbc just sort of being a dominant force on
2: thursday nights like that mm-hmm. was where
0: that cheers dominance
2: yeah and so yeah so we we have done both seinfeld and friends before so i decided not to do that and then i kind of thought about mad about you and every time i think of mad about you i think of this episode not that i really remembered the episode specifically only the hype and advertisement going into the episode which was just all over nbc for like the month going into or whatever at least the week
0: yeah i think Um, that's why i watched it it was hecka hyped wasn't it yeah Yeah,
2: and it was all about that you know it's about you know putting your kid to bed and them not going to sleep and staying up and like
4: how hard that
2: is on the parents and they they could They needed to do it as without commercial interruption to give the true feeling of what they're oh, going through right. to give the emotional weight, which is right. what they did. This was aired without commercial interruption, and
5: and uh, it's all
2: in
3: and it's all in one take. As yep. they,
2: it's a bottle episode. I think yeah. is what it's called. Uh,
3: well, yeah, it's a bottle episode yes. in that it all takes place on one set, one scene, mm-hmm. yeah. and then it's and then it's all shot in seemingly one take. I mean, there's mm-hmm. camera people have ways to. Uh, fool yeah. you with that kind of stuff nothing that i could really notice it, it certainly seemed yeah. like it was all done in in one take
0: usually you have like a person walk in front of you and they just kept right. it really tight with two right. people yeah. talking i didn't see much room for cheats i forgot they aired this without commercials and it was mm. so hype this might be one of the most literally special episodes we've ever done <laughs> I mean,
2: so fun i i mean we'll get into whether the episode itself lives up to that hype but that that's what i remember is all <laughs> yeah. the hype Light, going into light. it and how emotional it was going to be and how representative of the parental experience it was going to be. And and to your point, Austin, about it being one take, I do know Helen Hunt fumbles on a word very light. briefly. Mm-hmm.
5: It's just, that's the worst, worst sound I've ever heard in my
4: life. I know, please don't make me feel worse than I already do. I'm
5: sorry.
2: It, it was... Small enough that you're like, you're like, they might have even thought it wasn't worth whatever take they were on. Or maybe they let it slide just because they're trying to do a whole 22-minute uh, yeah. scene. And that certainly wasn't worth restarting for that. So I don't know. <laughs> but that lends itself to the idea that maybe it was all just one scene.
3: That was, and and, and her stumbling on that, that line. And, and stumble isn't even, stumble is making it sound like it was way more obvious than it really yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she, that was that was the moment where I went oh right, this is all supposed to be one take
4: right you know, one
3: continuous scene and really the her stumble was only noticeable in that it was it sounded authentic to to the way normal people talk and yeah, that yeah, sounded terribly like it just <laughs> it, it rung very loudly in the inauthentic but very scripted world of TV dialogue mm-hmm. where people don't say like um, um, uh, yeah yeah the, don't, don't it, mispronounce a uh, word, the word, I I word want,
2: and then just say the and, word properly right, right after that and, you know, which happens very, all the time when you speak I mean right, listen to right. any time I speak on these podcasts and how often I stumble over my words so.
0: So she was, just edit that out <laughs>
2: She was unnaturally Sometimes. naturalistic in her flubbing of that. Yeah. Of
0: that right. Line. Yeah. I was yeah. wondering if they left it in just to add the verisimilitude. No, I'm sure they blew right. the take. But.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, but it, it was enough that you could have thought of, you could have thought that maybe it was intentional. But so yeah, I guess that's the introduction to this. So, the episode starts with the child. Well, okay, I guess we just have to go. What do we think of the child named Mabel?
0: Oh, I forgot. <laughs> 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 um
2: I
3: feel, feels like right
2: for being picked on, right? And yeah, yeah, no.
3: I feel like this I could be wrong about this, but I feel like there is a trend in this era of like sitcoms giving kids atypical names
4: mm-hmm. like
3: cutesy names or like old fashioned names where you think like if this was a real kid in real life, they would just get picked on for having a, <laughs> a weird name. And I feel like Mabel probably fits into that, uh, into that category, but I don't know.
0: Yeah. Well, there is the big thing in the two thousands. like they had the kid named Apple. Right.
2: Yeah. yeah.
3: Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, and there's just keep weird names.
2: What's yeah. weird, what, but this one just feels so old-fashioned, right? Yeah. And that's what I. Yeah, This is this and is I,
3: weird in that it's old-fashioned for yeah, 1997. And, and I
2: try not to judge names, and obviously this is a sitcom character, they don't have any real feelings, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I always go back to my grandmother's name, Agnes, and I'm like, no one's ever naming their kid Agnes, and Mabel <laughs> seems very close to Agnes, right? Like, <laughs> Yeah, you're just
3: a stone's throw from Agnes when you're using <laughs> <think> Mabel. <laughs> that's right? just way
2: too close, you know? I don't know.
0: Like, even my name, I go by Carol a lot, and that's already like aging out. I'm kind of one yeah. of the last millennial Carol's week. <laughs> <laughs> and Carol's just like a name where you can you have to make a casserole good.
2: It's so, <laughs> just part of the contract.
0: Right, I have to up my game. That's
4: what
3: I'm <laughs> saying. And I have a lot of uh, I have a lot of sensitivity for weirdly named kids uh-huh. because I was weirdly named. I was the other end of the spectrum. Where Austin isn't really an old fashioned name, but in nineteen eighty one it was not a normal name that oh, kids yeah? had. And so I was always it was, there when I was in elementary school I yearned to be a Mike or a John or a David Kyle. Or something. David. You know, no. Something, no. Uh,
2: <laughs>
3: something <laughs> normal like that that could be
2: nicknamed mm-hmm. and instead I was Austin and nobody else was named Austin and i I had a great middle of the road name not too common not too rare perfect and no one ever called me by it so you know
3: (laughs) (laughs) that's true. david really is just a nice evergreen name did
0: did they call you dr bits in kindergarten (laughs) Uh,
3: no
2: you're right I, i got david through elementary school i guess it was more it was High school, right? Like, freshman, yeah. definitely. That's, Maybe an eighth grade. When you got grade, your doctorate. Was, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I didn't get the doctorate till later. Well, I always tried to have the doctorate, but... <laughs> yeah. Usually just bits. Bits all the time. Uh, yeah,
3: I always give my mom a hard time, because now that she's old and gets persnickety about things, and she works <laughs> in elementary school, and does her, like, has a hard time pronouncing weird kids' names, and I'm like, look, <laughs> you named your kids Austin and Ian in the mid-80s. You have no stones to throw about people with weird names nowadays.
2: Yeah, that's why at the end of the day, I do try to stay away from, like, I don't know, sounding like an old fuddy-duddy, like, in my day, we had regular names. Now people have irregular names. <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, so... Yep, so it starts with them putting Mabel down for, to sleep. Well, uh, it starts
0: with an opening theme.
2: Oh, yeah, it does. <laughs> uh, this is part of the Diet Coke of the sitcom, because that opening theme just kind of uh, washed off my back like water on a duck.
0: Goes so smooth, burns a little, but yep, no yep. calories.
2: <laughs> exactly. You know,
0: uh, the theme song's there. We all know it. It was weird. My spouse ended up, like, singing along with it, and it's like, yeah, how many... Do you okay. know? We never have talked about it before until right now, David, and we're learning about each other.
2: <laughs> I'm trying to think of it again, and I can't remember, but I know What do
0: I? Something, something like I do. Tell me <laughs> yeah, who. Yeah. Shit, why do I know I can love my heart as much as you?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Going to the final frontier. <laughs> And
3: it's just like Helen Hott and Paul Reiser
0: doing uh, New York y things in
3: black yeah. and white. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, and then their names have like a purple or green color bar behind them. That's the mm-hmm. pop of color. It looks very 90s shapey. And they are. They're just walking that dog they have by like bags of trash in New York in black and white. Mm <laughs> hmm. And it's, This is like a special short version of it, too, I believe, because we got to get to this very special. we got to have no commercials yeah, do one yep. shot.
2: Yeah, yeah. We can't get the lengthy one. Also, I, I realized this just being these two, uh, the gruel orphans are getting a day off for this, too, aren't they?
3: I, yeah,
4: guess.
3: I did realize I was like, oh, I think I know why David picked this episode because he only has to keep track of, like, two characters and the plot is, like, basic know. and easy to summarize. And
2: I <laughs> know. Hey, we're going to get through this pretty quick. Well, I say that. Well, <laughs> oh,
4: Let's smash up right. to
2: three hours later when we're <laughs> still discussing how Twizzlers are going to taste after a month. <laughs> <but anyway. laughs> uh, so, yeah. So that's the theme song. It's very... I'd say catchy, but obviously I forgot it right away. But it's, it's
0: forgettable uh, and no, it, catchy.
3: It
2: is. It's yeah, very Diet
3: Coke. It is both forgettable and catchy at the same time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. like, when you, you hear it, you're at like, the "Time and yeah, this like, is this is I got I, I like this." And then ten minutes later, you're like, "Wait, what was the man about
0: you theme song?"
1: Yeah, exactly. I'm
0: still thirsty.
1: What? <laughs> what happened?
2: Uh, yep. So then it starts with Paul and Jamie. Of course, Paul Reiser gets to still be this same name.
3: He gets the uh, the the '90s sitcom, stand-up comic mm-hmm. gets a sitcom, keeps his first name. The
4: great
0: tradition of not having to remember a different
4: <laughs> character's name.
2: Well, I would say it only applies to the men, though, but it's not. True, because like Roseanne got to be Roseanne. Yeah, that's it's just true. it always applies to the main star, and sadly, that's ninety five percent of the time a man in nineties. Right. Boo! Right.
4: Right.
2: <laughs> we, we might have gotten to like eighty five percent now, so you know, yay! Equality <laughs> is 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 raining now.
3: Feminism. The one <laughs> exception that I always think of is uh, Grace Under Fire with oh yeah with comedian Brett Butler. And yeah. she, has, she has to play a character
0: named Grace
3: instead yeah, of Yeah, she didn't
2: get to keep it. Yeah.
0: When are we going to do one of those? Because she was like a real mess behind the scenes. <laughs> she,
2: was it, she? Was it...
0: Yeah. You cue it up for your next episode, Carol. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sooner or later. Also, going back a minute, like it is weird that we haven't done Cheers yet. And I hope there's some of you out there who want Cheers. Because maybe we'll have do we Cheers or Grace cheers? under fire. We
3: have not it. done a Cheers yet. That's yeah.
0: the thing. It's like the great white whale at this point. We've really been getting a good dig on, and we've just avoided the big granddaddy. It's
2: yeah,
5: kind of cool.
3: Anyways. It, help, it helps that Cheers...
2: Another theme song you can never think of, right?
3: right? In our defense, <laughs> Cheers has some very special episodes, but it's not a super... It's not like a Miller Boyette show where like we could do a billion TGIF episodes because every third one is some hackneyed, very special episode. So.
2: We did manage to do a Seinfeld though, and really, that's right. The-
0: right, <laughs> and I have a feeling we'll get a little closer to Cheers next episode. Uh,
2: Maybe we will. It'll be very Cheers adjacent. Uh, <laughs> might be a thing for a musty TV. Uh, okay, so <laughs> Mabel. Trying to go to bed, right? Yeah. So Paul and Jamie, uh, they they discuss. They put her to sleep, but then they're discussing this interval comforting. It's like furbering. Is that it? I believe.
3: I mean, that's being. They use
0: furbies. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I don't. I don't know what was technically <laughs> considered. Ferber- we have one parental
2: expert here so yeah
3: <laughs> I'm hardly an expert
4: to <laughs> <laughs> you're uh, gonna
3: be you're yeah. the expert one i i don't know what was technically considered ferberizing in 1997 but the general concept of
4: mm-hmm. sleep
3: training a baby by letting them cry themselves to sleep and like comfort themselves is generally referred to as ferberizing as this mm-hmm. where like i don't i Someone who knows this better than I do can probably step in and say how accurately this depicted the specific ferberizing method. But in modern Mm -hmm. parlance, people say ferberizing as sort of a general term for tough love, make your kid comfort themselves and fall asleep, which is what's Uh, happening in this episode.
2: According to the gospel known as Wikipedia... Uh, the sitcom's executive producer, Victor Levin, wrote the script. He believed Shit. that the episode should focus on ferberization. Now, is that yeah? Uh, the article generalizing a term now that wasn't then, right, there then, right. but now? Yeah. But uh, So the idea is they put the put mabel down to sleep and then they leave the room and then they set a timer that's going to be like 5 minutes and then if she's not asleep they can come in but n- only one of them i guess and they can't mm-hmm. touch her they can only t- talk to her and then go back out and then set an interval for like 10 minutes and then 15 and and keep increasing the interval until she falls asleep that's the basics anyways
3: yeah
0: yeah, is that still regarded, or is it more frowned upon? They kind of make it seem like hard in this episode, and I know that's the mm-hmm. point, or whatever. Yeah. And I know, like, with every baby or child, they like get to a point where they have to self soothe. But right. putting it on a clock when it's an infant, this I is can, a little wild. As as the token parent Please. on our
3: podcast, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and and only speaking from my own experience, I can tell you that the general term of ferberizing this general notion of self-soothing and letting them cry themselves to sleep and all of that is generally well regarded these days it's what all of the sort of you know parenting books and classes and medical professionals and all of that tell you to do now i never was given any instructions that were as hyper specific as what (laughs) you're talking about with this like five minutes, then one minute of non contact comfort, then ten minutes, then two minutes of non contact And so I don't know if in 1997 this was what was being sold as ferberization. It's certainly not what I was sold as ferberization in 2014-2015 when my son would have been young enough to Mm -hmm. be going through all that kind of stuff. But the general notion of self-soothing and letting them fall asleep on their own and all of that is generally what most people are are told to
2: do and I assume do at this point. Okay. I feel feel like with at least what this episode is displaying, it's very, like, gamified where, like, you have to wait five minutes then you can go in, but only one minute and, Mm -hmm. like, if the baby sees you sometime between, then it's all over. Like, your baby's Mm -hmm. life is ruined and then and then also they're like, you know, we just have to do this this one night and then suddenly everything's solved after this one night. I'm like, I don't think it works that way any... (laughs)
3: In well, any I mean, capacity. yeah, like, I,
2: like just, the idea that you try to get through the night once and then you keep doing that, I get, but I don't yeah. think it's just like you do, you get through one night and it's all, it's kind of like the idea of like you, when someone's addicted to drugs, like if they get through the night, then they're, <laughs> you know, no longer <laughs> it, addicted to drugs. <laughs> and like, it,
3: ah. it is very much the like <laughs> child infant rearing version of that <laughs> on TV where it's like. You know, it's, it's Rose just has to get through that one night without her pills. And and yeah. the golden girls will be happy again. And uh-huh. that's, that's not how addiction works. You only uh, have to
0: parent, like, one night, Austin. Exactly that's right. It, right? Right. Like, right?
3: Like, at the end of this so episode, they're sweet. like, oh, we did it. We broke our baby. She's been molded <laughs> into, into form, and everything's great. Spoiler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert, I have some problems with the way <laughs> things are presented. <gasps> Starting with, right off the bat, just that, like... The argument that they're making is like they need to do this so that the base of Mabel grows up and like can stand up for herself or whatever. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, settle the fuck down, people. You're doing this so you could get a good night's sleep. (laughs) It's not like nothing that is going on right now. This baby's gonna have any conscious memory of at any point in their life. They're not gonna be like, oh, I got passed over for that promotion, but. Thanks to that one <laughs> night, my parents didn't lull me to sleep. I know what to do with that. And I can take care of myself. Like,
0: but, but being so dramatic,
3: sitcom people. <laughs>
0: I agree mostly, Austin. But and I don't remember any of the science words. But they say the thing about like you know um, emotional attachments and like if you really fuck up your baby, like if you fuck up your kid in the first six years, they like maybe will not be able to develop emotional attachments oh, oh, totally, at all. Totally. They're
2: well that's like the first six years that's
0: not yeah one one night (laughs) of crying itself
3: to sleep isn't gonna break the baby yeah
0: just two in a row real bad
2: (laughs) (laughs) my problem was uh paul just wanted to go watch some tv once they put him down and then jamie guilt trips him to make make him stay by the door i'm like let the guy watch some tv what else you guys got going on right now you're just trying to let this baby go to sleep right
3: the whole point of doing it this way is <laughs> so like, that you get your lives back so, <laughs> so that you can, can go, go watch, watch the basketball game <laughs> instead of having to spend
0: an hour and a half putting your child to bed at night. <laughs> Right, like nobody, like that's the reason the baby's crying is that they're having this passive aggressive guilt trip fight in front of the door. At that point, <laughs>
2: well, I don't know if we'll bring it up because it's just the entire episode. But they also seem to be speaking way too loud right in front oh, of the kids. That's door. my what? that's
3: my next note, David. <laughs> you want to know what might help your baby fall asleep better? You not having this argument yeah. outside the fucking door where the baby is sleeping. <laughs>
2: go watch the tv on mute like right. Paul wanted to right like at least you're away from the door probably in quiet
3: and if this if this whole process is as painful for both of them as they presented here a little tv distraction would
0: probably help those 5 <laughs> minutes fly by
2: i know i know
0: and that would be a great episode just watching them watch tv in watching real time and watch one, watch one shot TV. <laughs>
2: they just watch them mad about you
0: though watch them them mad about you (laughs) see it becomes special
3: because it's so metatextual
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it doesn't help that they're like theater projecting right outside Mm -hmm. this kid's door Mm -hmm. Mm.
2: so the next note i have is that uh jamie brings up that at was it at work or somewhere she won 500 pounds of rigatoni she she went to the casino
3: or did she go to i thought she went to like a it sounded like she went to like a restaurant or something
0: like a
3: deli yeah like
2: okay yeah
0: it might have been a deli name, but it sounded like I went to a casino and got five hundred pounds of rigatoni and I'm like yeah. fucking sign
4: yeah, me. I, up. Don't like, <laughs> I don't know if this was like
3: I don't know if this is one of those like drop your business cards in the fishbowl <laughs> situations or if she was the like one millionth customer or they just bring up this whole like, oh BT dubs, I won five hundred pounds of rigatoni <laughs> well, and it's being delivered next week. That's fine so though. This feels
2: like a weird time to bring this up like man. Maybe they just have much more exciting lives than I do, because that's like the highlight of my week, right? If I win (laughs) 500 pounds of anything, it's the first thing I'm saying when I'm getting home, right? I get they don't have cell phones, because frankly, I'm like either texting or calling uh, Lauren right away, but... If, if this was pre-cell phone days, I come home, then I say, guess what? I want 500 pounds of friggin' rigatoni. Don't yeah. know what we're going to do with those 500 pounds, but it's coming. We're going to figure something out.
0: It's going to happen, baby. Yeah. I can't believe this part. I'm so enamored by the very concept. <laughs> I wanted to blame it on the 90s, like Diet Coke. I I know, how did the, they get this?
2: The rigatoni should have been like a season-long arc, too, right? Like <laughs> Right. Arriving and figuring eating out and I want to know:
3: so Are we talking <laughs> like cooked rigatoni? It's no, dry pasta. Is this going to be like Pallets
0: and pallets okay. of like?
3: I'm going with the
2: dry pasta. Yeah, it's so
0: it's a dry noodle, right? It's not like a ravioli where it has right, a right? Yeah, rigatoni, like right, right, right? like right, like right, sensitive like a sort of short squat tube pasta.
3: Yeah. Kind okay, of, yeah.
0: I identify with a short squat tube.
5: So I'm into this.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: that works for me. I I feel like if our podcast was to have a, an official pasta, it would be a short, fat, tube-shaped <laughs>
2: pasta.
4: Can we, can
0: we make it official, David? Or are you right, rigatoni yeah, for our podcast? is the
2: official <laughs> pasta of... Uh, <laughs> okay,
3: official pasta of a very special... Wow! Okay? Um,
0: very but, cool,
3: guys. Very so, yeah, cool. It certainly makes logistical sense for it to be dry, but at the same <laughs> yeah. time, that's like... Kind of, like, I guess 500 pounds is cool, but...
2: Just <laughs> it's by, a lot, right?
3: It's a lot of just, like, boring <laughs> it, dry pasta And, and it's like,
2: not even it, a number happen. of boxes Like, how much do you think, like, your typical box Of rigatoni weighs, like
0: Like, 12 ounces, no,
3: no like, Yeah, oh, yeah, so like, ounces, it's
2: like, right? Like, not even a pound, right? Like
3: Well, yeah. this is where, I don't know if they're talking, like Volume <laughs> or Or weight, so, like, a box of pasta <laughs> Like, if you buy a box of pasta yeah. It's 16 ounces, and that's Considered mm-hmm. a pound of pasta So, like, if a recipe says, like Cook one pound of pasta. You dump the whole box into the into the pot of water. So I'm like, so are we talking 500 boxes of rigatoni? Yeah. Do they count weight-wise something that weighs (laughs) 500 pounds of
2: rigatoni? Either way, the rest of the season they should be eating rigatoni, like for every meal, right? And it should get worse
0: and worse and worse. What if it's just (laughs) one giant 500 pound rigatoni?
2: (laughs) <laughs> just a giant noodle <laughs> they're just bring in. Or
3: like there's an the episode you. where like they're at the kitchen table, and one of them gets up to grab a bowl of cereal. And they open the cupboard, <laughs> and they yeah. take out the box of cereal. And you just see that every <sighs> space in the cupboard, other than the cereal box, is rigatoni, and it goes uncommented on. Like no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just it's saying, just the there rest of the season, in the background, really... anyone that's
0: paying attention knows that that's the the free rigatoni rearing its head again. <laughs> but then in the next episode, you fucking douse Paul Riser in 400 pounds of rigatoni. Yeah, it's like yeah. it falls down like and cooked. just showers him. <laughs> Yeah, this is the best part of the episode. It's the special (laughs) part, right, David, (laughs) that you chose it for? Free Rigatoni thing.
2: They got free Rigatoni coming in. (laughs) nowhere to put it but here it comes right (laughs) this
0: is like definitely a post yeah post or pre 9 11 part of culture like it just wouldn't happen for us in our adulthood (laughs) this isn't our america and
2: it's just a side note by jamie she's just like oh yeah by the way i won 500 pounds of frigate dubs (laughs) yeah can't believe it wow (laughs) um then the next thing that comes up is that Paul is shrinking, is what he found out. <laughs> yeah. he, he shrunk half an inch, I think. Something like that, yeah. yeah. And the, and this is where he gets on a stick like, all the doctors are amazed, they're bringing other doctors, let's look at the shrinking <laughs> man. I'm like, is he serious? Is he just going into a bit? Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> if all the other doctors are really curious about his medical condition, that's kind of worrisome, isn't it? But
3: Yeah, yeah. He, got, uh, he got a touch
0: Seinfeldian in, uh, yeah, in that.
4: Yeah, bit. yeah, yeah.
2: They're
0: definitely definitely very adjacent, Seinfeld and Mm, Paul Reiser. Speaking of, side note, you might appreciate this, who Paul Reiser is adjacent to. When you chose this series, David, I was wondering if you might do the episode that Billy Joel shows up in.
2: Oh, does Billy Joel show up in an episode?
0: He does. He's (laughs) Ah. friends with Paul Reiser. And now you can totally see that, right? Like two Jersey Jews just tearing it up. Now,
3: (laughs) is Billy Joel playing himself? Or is Mm -hmm. he like... Paul Reiser's friend, Bob Joseph, or something. Yeah, I would like that even more.
2: Who likes to play piano down at the bar? <laughs> well, yeah, He <laughs> likes to play piano at a bar? Yeah.
0: <laughs> so you Wait. just walk by him at, like, the Central Park or whatever, and like, that's Billy Joel. And he's like, hey. <laughs> you can watch the clip later. Nice. I will watch that clip later. <laughs> you should do it. <laughs> uh...
2: So uh, after Paul says he's shrinking, uh, yeah, this is where I'm like, they might want to like moderate their volume in speaking Mm -hmm. when they're right outside the kid's uh, door, but they don't. Um,
0: Can you imagine the weird nightmares that would give the baby just like your father shrinking? Like that sounds like a a Freud or a Kafka problem. And
3: you're like, I don't know what Rigatoni is, but 500 pounds of it are coming and that seems
0: like a lot. <laughs> they're, they're messing this baby up. Yeah, I mean, yeah.
2: She's going to have dreams of Rigatoni. It's going to be like uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, but the Rigatoni coming out. <laughs> right, you know? right. The
0: Rigatoni is going to be so much bigger than her father.
4: <laughs> so much.
2: Yeah, after a few years, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> if he's shrinking at this rate. <laughs> uh, I think my notes aren't the greatest here. Now that i have realized I think this is about the time they have to go back in to like go yeah, see first the kid. Zeus.
3: Well, that yeah. yeah. Is this where they have to go get the dog?
2: Not no, yet. that's a little okay. Later. Spoiler.
0: Okay. <laughs> I love the spoiling because it's such a low stakes episode. <laughs> Spoiler.
2: Mm-hmm. So I think the first time Paul goes in and just says like, "Hey, everything's gonna be all right." We hate. Well, that actually, thing.
0: he just kind of talks shit on the system and says that the doctor is a crazy man, and he's sorry. <laughs> he's like really dogs his wife on this soothing. Yeah.
2: How, how parental of him, you know? Even <laughs> the other parent, you know.
0: He's a good dad. Uh,
2: and then he leaves, and then I think this is one of those. Oh, I think the baby stopped crying. Oh, it started crying again. And then he wants to know if his if his parents ever did this to him, and then. Jamie's mad about the phrase "did this to him." Like they're doing something to the kid, even mm-hmm. though they're doing something right. to the kid. So I don't know.
3: <laughs> and, then they, and then they go it. into this <laughs> this whole bit about how Paul was spoiled and yeah, yeah. And Jamie lived a hard scrabble life, and parents. Repeat their the sins of their upbringing on their kids and all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. she's mad about it, but then she goes into it like your parents did. Oh, she's mad about you. She's mad about all of us. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and then it's pretty good the way they get into this. And David, I want to thank you for giving us a special episode of babies crying. Like this is just hard for everybody else. Like the way the episode makes it hard. It's kind of like just like. Fix the baby,
3: right? Uh, See, that's where I I have the leg up as a parent, because my brain just filters all that out at this point.
2: We should note that basically throughout the entire episode, there is a sound effect of a baby crying the entire time, right? You
0: know what I just figured out, too, is that they didn't have to pay a baby to
3: be
2: on
0: set. (laughs) Wow.
3: Yeah, legit, the baby crying, I barely noticed it. Like,
0: How did you filter that out?
3: Is it, <laughs> necessity. Necessity. Oh,
0: shit. <laughs> it reminds me of playing Yoshi's Island, where like,
2: you, <laughs> yeah, you're really fucking up and you have to get that Mario baby back. Mario gets like, yes. in a bubble and then is crying yeah. constantly.
0: Yeah, the Koopa's going to take that baby? <laughs>
3: to your point, David, uh, it, it takes more than a 22-minute single take uh, episode to to ferberize a baby like it's a multi-night process,
4: mm-hmm. um, and
3: there's you know backslides and relapses and all that kind of stuff. And you reach a certain point where you just got to learn how to tune out baby crying so you can get some goddamn sleep.
2: <laughs> well, that would be difficult for me, but I can sleep through anything,
3: right? It was really not that difficult for me
0: either. <laughs> you guys are good dads. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I just uh, I don't know. I did I never had that. All of the drama in this episode felt felt very contrived for me because it was just one of those where it's like, this is what you do. This is for our benefit. This is for his benefit. He's not going to remember this. It's not like we don't give him love and attention and emotional support and all of that. This is just part of growing up. And I was Mm -hmm. never terribly phased by the Mm -hmm. idea of like, nope, you just got to cry it out, kid.
2: How did Christy Didn't... feel that? it?
3: Yeah. Uh, a little bit more broken up about it than me, but never to the point of, like, comically <laughs> wanting to it. sneak into the room. Like, you've seen this in sitcoms. Like, this <laughs> is... This is certainly the only sitcom that's sort of gone all in on this as a concept, but it shows up in tons of sitcoms where, like, one parent wants to do this and the other one's the big softy that just can't abide the tears and they have to, like, you know, comically block the doorway to keep the sensitive spouse from barreling in and rescuing the infant. And think mean, it bothered Christy more than it bothered me, but she also recognized the necessity of it. It wasn't like I had to. Set an elaborate trap to keep her From sneaking into his room or something
2: <laughs> There's also, Spoiler alert like...
3: Sitcoms aren't real representation Good mm-hmm. representations of mm-hmm. real life
2: What? <laughs> I mean you can speak to this as a parent There's probably a little bit of Babies are crying all the time So you're like this yeah. is not really new Things oh, to totally. deal with And I mean, it's... if you comforted them every time You'd just be too exhausted anyway
3: Yeah I mean until they learn how to talk That's how they communicate So you, I mean, mm. you learn the difference between like this shit serious cry versus the <laughs> I'm mildly annoyed cry versus the, like I, I'm somewhat
0: inconvenienced cry, and you respond <laughs> accordingly. Hmm. Okay, so I don't have baby experience, but I have a couple senior pug dogs, and one of them <laughs> is wild all night these days. Yeah, so I kind of, I, I kind of totally get parenting. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I understand. I a it. parent herself. Is what
4: <laughs> no,
3: I, there are there are eerie similarities between children at certain ages and dogs, <laughs>
0: <laughs> and old pugs with dementia and night howling. In,
3: in many ways, a yeah. dog is just a toddler who never grows out. Of it.
0: That's the thing. It's like now that they're 15 years old, they're getting worse. And when yours is 15, well, it be different. Yeah. drive a car.
2: Worse, but worse in a different way. Exactly. You know? not, right. not the right. same cool kind of worse. <laughs> uh, This is where, like, one of the things I noticed is they're setting the times, but I feel like they're fudging a little bit on it. Yeah. Because they said five minutes was up, and it felt like it was, like, three to four minutes, and then I was That's like... That's um, just the
0: comedy stylings of Paul Reiser. <laughs> maybe they
2: started early, but then they got done in, like, ten minutes, but it, it was, like, eight minutes into the episode, so I don't know. It... If
3: I cared more, I was half-tempted <laughs> to go back and, like, watch it again and actually see how the, the
2: mm-hmm. timing
3: synced up, because they seemed like they were... Like one take, one shot, real time kind of a yeah, thing. Yeah. And so then when they give themselves those time markers, you'd think that they would all line up. But I had the suspicion that they didn't. And then I was like, I, I don't care enough to do that.
0: <laughs> you guys are right that this needed the big 24 clock. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah, we could get into it. I wonder if they really <laughs> want to do like it. this bottle episode of them and the single take of them just being there, you know, in real time kind of thing. And I just wonder if this episode would have worked better if they actually had some time lapse in there. So mm-hmm. they could have been dealing with this longer so they could be more emotionally drained by the end. I mean, right. we'll get into it, though, I guess. Oh,
0: did right. you not buy it? Was it not <laughs> enough of a journey for you? Uh,
2: Basically, yeah.
5: I yeah, mean, it's like 20 <laughs> minutes.
2: Yeah. Uh, the thing I thought was, <laughs> not to spoil it, but... If you could get your kid to bed within twenty minutes, I think ninety percent of parents are saying sign me up like Yep, sign me up. I will write. take
3: twenty minutes of of, yeah. of crying if that means that all I have to do is twenty minute bedtime.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. I mean by the end of the episode, Paul Reiser's eaten month old Twizzlers like he's been on a desert island and it's like you've been standing at this door for fifteen minutes, settle down.
2: Austin. But
0: isn't that what
3: we're is all Helen doing?
2: Helen Hunt, Austin. Let's get Sorry. Thing. Yeah, sorry. Helen I Hunt eating mean... it.
0: But they both were. And that's not what you guys are just doing full time during quarantine. Come on. (laughs)
3: No,
0: look, I'm not
3: objecting to the Twizzler eating. I'm objecting to the eating it like they've been on a starving desert island. That's
0: just how you eat Twizzlers.
2: (laughs) (laughs) The framing of the eating. Like it's some sort of desperation. Sure,
0: sure.
2: So the kid still cries. Jamie is having a problem with this. So Paul sings to her some weird song that I don't
5: know. (laughs) It's a bit, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> is it? K-K-K-Katy, beautiful Katie. You're the only girl that I adore. When the moon shines over the mountain, I'll be waiting at the Kikiki kitchen door. That's sweet. What is that? My grandfather used to sing that. I always thought he had a stutter. And one day I was listening to the radio, heard Rudy Vallee singing the
0: exact the same way. <laughs> he gets clapped clapped,er and like like to clap. Yeah, yeah. Because people he does are pretty a pumped ditty. about the
2: song he sings that involves some stuttering that he didn't realize wasn't just his uncle's stutter.
0: Right, and people act like that's a huge joke. <laughs> <laughs> he thought his uncle stuttered. What a yeah, goof is.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> The audience was so here for this; they they were feeling it,
2: man. Mm-hmm. And this is where Paul discovers that they have a cabinet he never knew existed. So mm-hmm. that prompts him to open it, and so he finds a Twizzler that's been in there for who knows how long. I mean, I don't know if it was brand name Twizzler. I just it's definitely the cherry licorice stick, right? Like of some sort, like yeah, a red yeah. vine or something. It was. So if I say licorice, it wasn't the black licorice anise flavored. That's all I'm trying to say. <laughs>
3: anise. <laughs>
2: <laughs> is it anise, right? Is it, it, it is right? anise. Yeah, oh, okay. that's what it I'm is. I'm just laughing because it not... it's
3: close to anise and it tastes like butt, so
0: it's all <laughs>
2: <laughs> My dad loves anise. I awesome. know. My <laughs> I father-in-law <agree>.
0: does, too. <laughs> and they tell you about it, which is inappropriate. <laughs> it's
5: okay to love it. Uh, you
2: know, you got to be open to all these new experiences you know you just like i think it's freeing that he can talk about his love of anise you know we were we were uh, playing
3: Candyland with liam over the weekend oh at, shit and one of the it's like licorice lagoon or something like yeah. that and he was like why is some licorice red and some licorice black I'm like because some people like to eat things that taste terrible
2: you're because like, oh, all licorice man. matters <laughs>
3: Yes, oh, all liquor. Hashtag all licorice matters.
2: <laughs> uh, uh,
0: I like all licorice, but it's red vines over Twizzlers. No, no,
2: yeah. see, I'm I'm a Twizzler. We're Twizzler. Person.
3: We're we're Twizzler folks here in the Midwest.
2: Well, no, you guys not, are awful. Not my wife. My wife loves red vine, but
0: she gets uh, it.
2: No, I think better red vine half. Is, I don't think red vine's good. I'll be honest.
0: No, I'm what not a big the- fan. Weird texture. Oh. Yeah. Oh. the wax That's... means it's good for you. <laughs>
2: Don't we have a coworker who likes red vine though? Uh probably. Doesn't Jeremy like red vine?
0: I care. Fuck remember. Jeremy.
2: This is riveting conversation.
0: <laughs> this is a riveting podcast.
3: The people
2: at home,
0: yeah. <laughs> I want the... you to have Jeremy as a guest now, and just like <laughs> yeah. grill him about, <laughs> about
2: <laughs> this red wine. Skype him can we, in. Can uh, we talk ooh. about? Uh, can we talk about the yeah. dog now? Other riveting oh, conversations So, what does Paul discover in the cabinet? He finds the Twizzler. <laughs> or a Red vine. I think it was a Twizzler. It looked very it's a twizzler I mean, yeah Yeah. Uh, and then he discovers a magazine, an architect. Is Paul architect? That's what I didn't look oh, at. Oh,
3: yeah. Probably.
2: Because <laughs> was he a male sitcom star? <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's a male sitcom star who's not also a comedian or a tool man. So he <laughs> probably is an uh, architect.
2: Yeah. Oh, Uh,
3: see the crack research team doesn't get the night off just
2: like yeah yeah yeah.
0: wake
3: up wake him up up.
2: wake him up
0: austin how are they
2: yeah he
3: is well you know they're they're built for quarantine better than most people so yeah Yeah, they're used to making do with very little so
0: and not going out yeah exactly i mean they never get to go
3: out so this is just normal operating Mm. procedures for them (laughs) they're better than everybody i guess he's a filmmaker
2: Okay, yeah, that oh, that does ring a bell. So I don't know why he has an architect magazine, but he does.
3: And uh, Jamie is uh, blah, 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 doesn't say. I don't know. Yeah. She's a lady. She's yeah, a lady. She... <laughs> 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 uh,
2: yes. She's a wife, Austin. She's yeah. a wife. Uh, and
3: Paul's Yeah, a so he guy. finds a copy of Architectural Digest.
2: Yep, it's got that. And then they also find a pic. Who did they find a picture of that? Apparently, Jamie has a crush on. Eh? Um. Now, that's okay. going to bother me. I didn't write it yeah. down, and because
3: uh... it's Sylvester Stallone's house is what's yep, in the, yep. the architectural digest cover story.
0: Does she like Sylvester? be no, a...
2: no, it's
3: somebody
0: else. <laughs> He's a bit too bad boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I'll put a clip in. We'll figure it out. I feel like it was like Dick Clark or something silly like that. What? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I
0: guess he used to be very hot. We just think of him (laughs) like 70 forever, though.
2: (laughs) I mean, if I was a 90-year-old lady and like 90-year-old Dick Clark was walking by... It's on. Dick like, that ton-ka-tong. Clark. You know that. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. No, he is cleaning up if he's dating in his age range.
2: Holy <laughs> shit. It's going to be insane. Hey,
0: look honey. Get a little
5: picture of your little boyfriend, Tom Broca. I'll take them.
2: <laughs> so then we get, they find out that their dog is missing. And they realize that it snuck into the baby's room, but they have the door closed, so they're not supposed to go in. So now they got to figure that out, right?
3: Jamie here, she's like, oh, now the baby is panting and scratching. Oh, no, the dog's in the room. Mm-hmm. And I'm,
0: yeah, how's the dog stack up to all those weird rules they have well, well they clear- said
2: panting and scratching and the dog was not panting and or scratching when they opened the door but that's enough
0: <laughs> right
3: the dog was clearly like on the other side of the room because then paul has to like army crawl his way in yeah. because of some weird rule about how the baby can't see him <laughs> except during their designated <laughs> yeah. cry you lose break the game time.
2: austin i don't know what's so lose- yes, about yes that. exactly
3: or you lose the game and have to go back to square one um <laughs> Also, as someone who has dogs who follow them into babies' rooms, that <laughs> dog was in that room for a way too long period of time without it being known.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's the other weird thing, like,
3: <laughs> like without letting them know it was in there.
2: Like, I don't know. We didn't see the dog go in there, so it had to be before the episode started. Is that exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a unless guy. the
0: dog was asleep. Maybe. But, yeah, I don't know how they didn't see the dog because the dog was not asleep when mm-hmm. we but opened the door. But then when the they open but... the door,
2: you just see it and it's just like laying next to the... Like, yeah, the like, so,
0: it is yeah. great when they open the door and we see a dog. Yeah, it is <laughs>
3: all... It's very staged. I mean, obviously. Yes, yeah.
2: Dealing with <laughs> yeah. a, an actual dog on a sitcom, like there's only so much they can but, do. But in fairness, when Paul Reiser crawls in and then crawls out with the dog crawling with him, it was pretty cute. Uh, I'll It's
0: very cute.
3: <laughs> that was cute. And and I did enjoy the line when Jamie's mad at the dog and she's like, how could you do this tonight of all nights? And Paul sort of stops yeah. mid-sentence. He's like, he may not fully understand what we're trying to do here. Yeah, he's
2: like, I don't know if he knows what night it is. <laughs>
5: Murray, how could you do this tonight of all nights? You know, he may not really understand what we're doing tonight.
2: I did laugh at that.
3: Yeah. That was,
5: my, uh, that was my
3: genuine laugh for the
5: episode.
0: <laughs> 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 the Austin winner.
2: So they, they get the dog out, close the door, and then Paul starts reading the architectural magazine, and this is when he starts reading about Sylvester Stallone's house, mm-hmm. apparently, and he decides he and uh, Jamie should go see it because they should move to the suburbs. And at this point, Jamie is eating the old licorice, which...
3: I'm also curious why... Paging through a months-old architectural digest is an acceptable distraction, but watching a basketball <laughs> game is not.
2: Because uh, you're next to the baby's door, so you can They're keep You're in an apartment in New York. How
3: far <laughs> away is the TV, for God's sakes?
2: It's true, it's true. I don't... don't ask me. It's like... It very much felt like Jamie was going to suffer, couldn't even distract herself because this was too painful right, an experience. Right. So she had to make sure it was as painful for Paul as it was for her, right?
3: Yeah. And I guess looking through Architectural Digest fits that mold because that would be just as painful as...
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> And Sylvester Stallone has columns in his toilet. I don't know. Sounds pretty that, cool. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds pretty vaporwave. Sounds pretty funky fresh. Sly yeah. Stone.
2: Uh, it sounds so plausible, doesn't it, that he has columns right? in his? No, toilet. I. I 100% I would
3: bought totally that. believe
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing. This part really reads to me: eating all the and thinking of moving to the sticks. Very relatable, Matt, about you. You get my 30s.
2: Very relatable. Uh, But basically, so now they start talking about living in the suburbs, and Paul is pretty much on board with that's what should happen with the family. And Jamie thinks that uh, they'll be basic bitches if they move to the suburbs. So. <laughs> so. <laughs>
0: and it was the first time anyone ever said basic bitches, and the audience mm-hmm. was like, <gasps>
2: Yeah, I know. There is got a woo. They're like, woo. <laughs> I I mean I feel a little called out but then I'm like yeah I'm a basic bitch I can't really argue you know Are you
0: in the suburbs? Right. I thought you were the city guy.
2: I was a city guy. I've now officially moved to kind in the suburbs at least Texas.
0: fled to the
3: suburbs.
0: Yeah. I'm in like not the suburbs but the airport adjacent shitty <laughs> part of town. And like pretty soon I'm moving to like the sticks a state mm. over. So that's going to be fun.
2: Don't worry, you're not basic, though, Carolyn. I can oh, say no. that with a surety. <laughs> I just
4: play one on a podcast.
2: Austin, are you basic?
4: Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah.
3: No, I'm, I'm basic.
2: It's So I guess the question isn't if Jamie is right, it's just is that a problem or not, right? Like... Right.
3: Well, she raises, she's like, we can't afford a house in Westchester. And I'm like, but you can afford this spacious Manhattan apartment? Like, I don't. I don't pretend to know what New York real estate prices were in the late nineties, but I just feel like it's never a good idea when sitcoms, <laughs> especially ones like based in, in a big city where characters live in big, elaborate, well-designed sets because they're mm-hmm. characters on a TV show, bring up the issue of money in that way. Yeah, I know it, because it's, it's just never like rings true. Right. Right, and it's just it's it's a thread you don't want the audience pulling because we're we're all willing to just be like, sure, Monica can afford that <laughs> that apartment on a chef's and part time waitress's
2: salary. It was rent controlled, Austin.
3: Yes, rent controlled, <laughs> um, and we're fine with that. Like it's suspension of disbelief, but until you. Draw attention to it, and then we start thinking about it again. And so, as soon as she's like, "Well, we can't afford a house in Westchester," I'm like, "Well, you're affording this palatial apartment. I'm only seeing well, like one door of it, and I can tell it probably costs more than my entire house."
2: Well, it's one of the problems they have with these New York sets is part of it's like you're doing a TV set, so you need it a bit. Spacious for blocking and whatnot, right? right? Like, right. you just don't want it to be as cramped as a new apartment would be. And so part of you can just kind of suspend your disbelief being like, oh, okay, it's a little exaggerated for the camera. We, we can understand that. But but they always put in multiple rooms, too. And you, that's something you just can't fake, you know? Like, right. Like, once you put in an extra bedroom, that now your apartment is already, like, $500,000 or whatever it yeah. would <laughs> be in oh rent, you know? It's like... Yeah, you've lost it, but uh, but yep, everyone, every they love to uh, put their set their sitcoms in New York, and they also love to give them palatial apartments, and yet not have them be super rich, which you'd have right. to do because
3: and I'm and I'm fine with that. Just don't make money a plot point. Yeah,
2: <laughs> just don't <laughs> make me think about it. Yeah, uh, but then uh, Jamie is starting to get worried about how different of parents they are, which is fine to have as a conversation, but, like, where you expect to live with your child just feels like something they should have talked about before, right? Like, Right. This seems like a weird time to now suddenly realize that one of you wants to live somewhere else in the near future and one of you doesn't. Right?
0: Have they um, not talked before? Yeah. Again,
3: this is where, like, all I have to go on is... My lived experience and I guess the lived experience mm. of like people, you know, that I know, friends, family members, whatever, but just I feel like that's such a sitcommy thing to not have these kind of discussions until after the baby is born. Or like, hey David, we've mm-hmm. talked about the like we're gonna get married and we're engaged and what? You wanna have kids? I yeah, never I wanna <laughs> have kids. Oh, we gotta break up and it's like <laughs> No one really doesn't have that conversation until, like, the day of their wedding. Everyone yeah, talks yeah. about, you know, it gets brought up in casual conversation mm-hmm. long before you get engaged. Like, it's... Yeah, I mean... Now, obviously...
2: There are people... cases of people lying, right? you know, like...
3: Lying, or mm-hmm. something happens, their mind mm-hmm. changes over time, whatever, circumstances change. I get all of that. Mm-hmm. But this notion that, like, Jamie and Paul have never talked about where they want to raise their kid, despite now having a kid, just seems very contrived. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, it's not that like suddenly someone's changed their mind or brought up a difference of opinion that they didn't have before. It's like th- it's as if they never talked about it before. Right. Yeah. Jamie's like, not
3: like, saying, "Hey, I thought we talked about this and you yeah, wanted the exactly. Raider in the city." And he mm-hmm. says, "Well, you know, I did, but now that I've thought about it some more, it seems like Westchester would be a better way to go." Like Yeah, yeah. That's that's a right. thing that happens.
2: That's believable. <laughs> mm-hmm. Did they not
0: talk when she was pregnant?
4: Like right,
0: watch baseball.
2: Now, to be fair, she, He also just learned about the 500 pounds of rigatoni this night. So (laughs) apparently they don't talk, right? (laughs) Apparently they have some communication
3: issues going on
0: here. (laughs) I did like how they did it, though. They did like a bit like, I'm going to go to the baby's room. Oh, I thought about it earlier when I went to the baby's room. And then I went to our room. Our room is the baby's room. Aha! uh
2: Right, right.
0: Big Paul Reiser claps. Yes! (laughs) Yes!
2: Which also then be like, well... They talk about wanting to stay there. I don't know. That's where I start thinking about what are they going to do when the baby gets older? Are they just going to... She can't stay in their room. Do they have another room? Well, right.
3: Like, every baby... Every parent's room is the baby's room, like, at first. Yeah. Like, when they're, like, when they're first born. But then at some point, like, is she going to be in your room when she's 16? Like...
2: Yeah. <laughs> are you going to, like, make their living room the room? And then... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's almost as if they don't have a plan.
3: Jamie takes a shot at the Paramus, New Jersey bookstore, and I happen to know that
2: bookstore is great. (laughs)
0: Oh, shit.
2: Noted, Austin, noted.
0: (laughs) We got another beef going. Uh Uh-oh.
2: Right? So... Jamie is now feeling sick to her stomach, but not because of that sick burn that Austin just threw on That
0: uh,
4: though.
2: Uh, I mean, the the going consensus is that it's because of that month-old Twizzler she's eating, but uh, <laughs> Paul believes it's because she's holding in her true feelings of wanting to go in there and comfort her baby, and that she's just feeling sick because she knows know what she's doing is wrong, which is kind of a weird manipulative way to go about things but this is where we're at right
3: <laughs> and also he's an actor in a sitcom so yeah 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 <laughs> in, in the grand scheme of manipulation
2: it's low on the totem pole mm-hmm uh and so then they go in and is this where they do that one last time they talked or am i misinterpreting
3: no this is where they're they're gonna go they're gonna cave
2: yeah, yeah. And then, they and then when they go, and go to in. open
3: the door, they realize that she stopped crying.
0: And... This is the climax of the episode!
3: And they're like,
2: oh, she's sleeping now. And maybe you can speak to this, but the 60 to 0 nature of the baby just crying its lungs out to suddenly just being asleep didn't ring quite true to me. Like, I feel like there'd be a ramp down that we didn't experience
3: no that that does track a bit (laughs) (laughs) it is like even to this day i'm amazed at how like we'll be fighting with liam and telling it like he's sitting up in bed and trying to play with a toy and he's yelling for us Mm -hmm. and we're like go to sleep and like oh my god this kid's gonna be up for hours and then like 30 Mm -hmm. seconds later he's asleep like Mm -hmm. it just it is freaky sometimes how it's just a little bit like a light that's switch.
2: That, that's right? after you gave him a shot of rum, though, too, right? Like...
3: Oh, right, but you, you never know how long it's going to take to kick in, how much food he's got in his belly at any given time, how uh, his metabolism's going to affect it. I mean,
2: it's shocking how fast that this kid can't hold his liquor,
3: right? I know. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um the okay.
2: the
3: notion the notion of like. Right when they're about to cave, that's when yeah. it works. Uh-huh. Is of course ridiculously contrived.
2: Yes. Yeah. And now, uh, but now they're now they're worried that they broke their baby, and their baby thinks their parents won't always be there, which I guess is kind of true. But they feel like they've <laughs> aban- <laughs> given their kid abandonment issues. I'll put it that way. But
0: right, yeah. there's the attachment disorder for the whole life. Yeah. This is again where I was like, quit being so dramatic.
3: <laughs> and, i mean and also again at the risk of of uh of sounding curmudgeonly like <laughs> you won't always be there for them <laughs> like yeah i know i know like well, that that is something that kids and parents have mm. to learn that they're like, the... there's a, gonna be a point in life where like a kid has to make it on their own like not that you don't love them don't support them won't help them how you can but mm-hmm. like the kid's going to go out in the world, and someone's yeah. going to push that kid down, and they're going to have to figure out how to deal with that, and you're not going to be there, and that's part of life.
2: Yeah, you'll be dead after getting murdered viciously <laughs> in your sleep.
0: <laughs> oh, no, David, what what have you foretold this?
2: <laughs> Listen, I don't know anything about a an axe murder coming for you in five years, Austin.
0: Oh no. Oh well, at least it's Austin <laughs>
3: <laughs> Also the kid's like 6 months old. She's not going to remember this.
2: I know. I know. And, and and again, this is all over like 20 minutes which as much it <laughs> just doesn't seem that long a time for putting your It's really bed, not. Right? It's like, not uh, at
0: all. It's kind of a long time though cuz it keeps this baby crying the whole time. <laughs> it's like my gosh, she's going to get busted.
3: It's not that mm-hmm. long a time.
0: If <laughs> my is going to take this Mario, then no one's going to be in all the f- further Marios. We're going to ruin an industry if I <laughs> don't get this baby immediately.
2: All kids are different, and I'm certainly not an expert on this. I would think 20 minutes is below average for what most parents have to deal with. I'll put it that way. I think they, get, I think they got off light. And yeah. I think, and I guess we can... Uh, the this part of the episode ends with then Jamie saying, "Well, now she wants to turn back the clock because her kid's growing up too fast now, right? Because now mm-hmm. she can get to sleep with mm-hmm. like them." Oh shit! How very poignant, I guess. I don't know. Right. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
0: and then they play the share song. If I, yeah. could turn I could
4: turn
0: back, back time,
4: if <laughs> I could give
0: it, I I it
3: all to <laughs> And all of a sudden, and all of a sudden, JB's wearing assless chaps. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that was such a look. Ah, oh, Stadium Rock, Legend.
2: I guess we could get our my overall analysis. I kind of sprinkled it throughout there. Was this? Well,
3: first, David, we have we have the the.
2: Yeah, right. we, we can get stinger. to where they hang the lampshade like over the right. closing credits. They're watching a TV show that's all done in one shot. Like you don't see the show. They're just
0: could anyone yeah, tell them. which show it was they're referencing? It no, specific. I I, couldn't. I don't
2: think so. Oh, I know. Very much hanging a lampshade on Paul Reiser, like talking about how difficult it would be to do a single episode or a, an entire episode as a single scene. How much work it is for the actors, and of course uh jamie is pushing back is like well that's their job what's the big deal and that's kind of the joke but it also feels very much like a uh way to pat themselves on the back without completely yep. seeming like they're patting themselves on the back you know
0: right, right. seem like a big jo to me for sure. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> day oh it's basically like when a movie
2: has a plot hole and then the characters just point it out and then like the writers think by pointing it out they've solved the plot hole, and you're like no it's still there like that just somehow makes it
3: worse because now you're aware of it
0: i feel like that kind of worked in looper but just because they made it broad
2: yeah yeah yeah. but yeah so that so that wasn't part of the single scene right like that was very different And, and I, I think
3: they had a commercial break in there at that point. Yeah,
2: yeah. They might oh, have
0: finally, had. gotta sell that Diet Coke, am <laughs> I right, guys?
2: I mean, in the copy we had, there is very clearly a spot for a commercial break. Mm-hmm. And whether they did that fade out, fade in, the first airing, I don't know. I'll put it back right. right. Yeah,
3: because I, I have to yeah, assume that ahead. when this went to syndication, there was no... Yes. That they yeah. put they cut it up for commercials.
0: Question: Do you guys remember the Diet Coke commercial with the super hunky guy?
2: Was that the? Wasn't it? Was it Diet Coke or was it Diet Pepsi? The one where all Um, the ladies are like looking out the window at him? Yeah, yeah. The
0: the ladies are in the office, and there's like a super construction hunk, like a building across, and they all just start like peeping Mm -hmm. him. Oh yeah, they're like, oh, it's two
2: o'clock. It's two o'clock, so they all have to like (laughs) go out and look because that's when he's gonna. Hit the Diet Coke button and start takes his shirt off and starts drinking. Yeah,
3: <laughs> David doesn't
0: wish... remember
2: it at all. No, no. Yeah.
0: <laughs> David and me are like hand in hand on that. No, I mean
3: I, I remember that. Perhaps not as viscerally as David, but I do remember yeah.
0: it. You can see it because he's like he's a perfect hunk and he's got sweat dripping and the Diet Coke also mm. has condensation. It's a wet, of course, wet yes, commercial, yeah. Austin. Yeah. And these office ladies. Are loosening up, just watching this dude. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, they're getting wet. He's wet from the sweat. So wet. They're wet, man you know. Yeah, someone needs to come and by with so... a mop after they leave that window. <laughs> is what we're
0: saying. Just another sad hunk with a mop. <laughs>
2: uh, I would... Yeah, they're like two fifteen. Time for the mop guy, and he. It. But, it's a living. His, because he uh, he's doing it with his shirt off. His job is never done, right? Like it's just, like, it's just a sizzling task of.
0: It's A, a Rui really boost of drizzle
2: and glistening.
0: I wish we reviewed that commercial instead of this episode. That's, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> so hot. Uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> he he was a hunk. That that's for sure.
0: Super hunk. That's like a platonic ideal of like dreamy hunks from like uh-huh. the early days. That's like when I was like figuring out what a hunk was. I'm like, this is definitely one of them.
2: He'd be. You couldn't afford him for musclehunks.com, right? <laughs> right
0: <laughs> he would be right. a get, and that would be a centerfold for sure. <laughs> uh, David, I'm pretty sure it's Diet Coke, and I've gentlemen's bet this before. I'll do it to you, too, if I, you want. I, I'm not sure. going to
2: take that bet. I just
0: There you go. Take it to the orphans. They'll mm. tell us for free. No will be Cokes on the house.
2: But there might have been... You, you know what might have happened... And now, now maybe i'm just making stuff up in my mind <laughs> is that like diet pepsi did the same thing with the same actor like five years oh, later
0: Oh, like the verizon guy turning yeah, snake. yeah 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 i would like to see the pepsi version i'm sure they did like a nod to it they had a advertising more mm-hmm. so lots of responses
2: cola wars i just can't take it anymore I can't Billy!
0: Billy! <laughs> I'm going to watch the clip where he's at the park and Paul Reiser's there, you guys. <laughs>
2: um, yeah, uh, I guess my basic analysis of this, whether they... I think the fact that they decided to do this as, like, a one-scene, real-time kind of episode hindered what they are trying to get across in the difficulties oh. of parenting is what... Because they had, and their conversations never got as deep and as emotional as I feel like the advertisement was going to get to. Like the only thing that became even any yeah. sort of conflict really was just the the suburb stuff. But I felt like that never really got like intense enough to feel like a stressful conversation. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Even the your parents spoiled you. My parents were tough. Conversation was yeah. more, gaggy. Like more of a like. Yeah. sitcom-y kind of a thing than, like, a serious mm-hmm. conversation.
2: Yeah. But
0: what about the emotional tension when he was doing the army crawl with the little dog yeah, who was was scooted? Quite emotional. I,
2: hey, I admit, that was adorable. I, that I, was I'm i pro that scene, that part of the scene. I say.
0: <laughs> but to your point, that's not, like, very special
4: necessarily.
2: No, yeah. <laughs> it d- didn't require the epicness of the advertisements about this has to be one uh, no no commercial break just to really get the experience and i really feel like they they could have benefited from having time lapse in there even though if it even though it might break the scene structure they want i think having this go over like you know four five six hours of dealing with this baby crying even for not going to experience it might have given the episode more of the emotional weight that they were going for.
0: They could have gone so much further, so mm-hmm. much tired, or so much yeah. matter, so much more disheveled. Yeah. They could be eating weird cans of beans yeah, from the exactly. pantry. They could have found <laughs> that. Yeah,
2: some weird cans in there. To deal. Uh, you got anything to add, Austin? To um,
3: I'll just say, I mean, this is... You talk about it in any story, the there's an acceptable level of sort of suspension of disbelief for everybody. And it varies based just on your own experiences and your own knowledge and whatnot. And so as, as, a parent who went through this sort of thing, not that long ago, I had a hard time taking it as seriously as they wanted me to take it. Mm-hmm. Um, some of that is, is, is perhaps unfair, my baggage that I'm bringing to it and, and you know, my understanding of these <laughs> techniques relative to what they may or may not have been in, in 1997, but some of it is also just the sitcominess of it, the like, we're going to stand outside this door rather mm-hmm. than watch the <laughs> yeah. TV and distract ourselves, mm-hmm. and um, you know, it's going to end right when we're about to break, and all yeah. that kind of stuff um, yeah. made it less effective for me. I will say one thing I'll give it credit for is that consistently throughout the episode Paul the man was the one who was having a harder time of it than Jamie the woman like she was the one that was pushing like tough love Mm -hmm. and we need to do this and it's for the best and he was the one that was like I can't handle listening to my baby cry and I feel like far too often in these kind of stories that's that sort of that's flipped yeah. around, and it's the traditional mm-hmm. gender roles of, like, the mom can't take it, and the dad has to be tough love. And So it's nice to see it's, that flipped
0: around. It's true. He was also shrinking, so he put <laughs> that out there. And he was also, like, in. we didn't get to this, but he was in stocking feet this whole time, and Helen was wearing, like, some Adidas track gear. It was pretty fly, honestly. Yeah. But Paul was wearing... Socks the whole time, and I don't know if they had it then, but by now certainly, I'm sure it's referenced on Foot Wikipedia under (laughs) Paul Reiser.
3: (laughs) And look, let's be honest; they buried Uh, the lead in this episode with the 500 pounds of rigatoni.
0: Where is that spaghetti? Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) When are we getting that? Well, it sounds like... like I might be. Correct me if I'm wrong. This almost sounds like it was a double whammy for you, Austin, of. The parents were putting more weight on what they were doing than you kind of felt. That seemed right. true, but then also the entire process was easier than you have found too, right? Like
3: correct, yeah. So it was like mm, more
2: difficult emotionally for them to do it, but then the actual process of doing it ended up being easier than your experience too. Yeah, so.
0: worst yeah. of both worlds. Mm-hmm. Yep.
2: <laughs> so they just seem like big drama queens. So
0: exactly, exactly. <laughs> Uh Carol? Yeah, I'm uh, waiting for that spaghetti. Waiting for the rigatoni. <laughs> yeah, it's rigatoni, the
2: fat tubes, that's what we want here.
0: <laughs> Do you guys think rigatoni knows poker Tony? <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh, I'm Rigatoni. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Poker
3: Tony. I'm choking on my <laughs> chips here. <laughs>
0: I'm ready for another episode of Sopranos. I'm um, let's see, a couple of things. Okay, so backing up a little bit, like with the abruptness of how the baby falls asleep mm-hmm. and how they never showed us the baby, I was kind of just thinking that the baby died. Maybe <laughs> the dog ate it. Maybe just... Fucking died, You're you know. Like, well, so. this took
3: a dark turn.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. This is a very, very special, special episode. episode. I yeah. can't
0: wait for the next one when they're eating spaghetti at the baby's funeral.
2: <laughs> <laughs> It'd be rigatoni, rigatoni.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a kind of spaghetti, right? No? Not really. Shit. Oh shit.
3: That's fucked
4: kind of pasta.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> well, all, like all pasta is daddy, you know. Like I know. I, mean, I
2: don't really discriminate from my from my pastas. I'll take but, anything you got for me, but you know.
0: But I am very glad that we got a podcast a variety of pasta. It is rigatoni. This is canon. And <laughs> yeah,
2: our official pasta.
0: <laughs> we took us long enough to commit, mm-hmm. guys. Um, I thought it was pretty special. I do like hearing from a resident you called it baggage, Austin. I think of it as experience. Like you have a child. He's alive and happy singing. Good job. Yeah, I think maybe this episode stressed <laughs> me out when I was a kid, like it just seems like parenting is nonstop guilt, but actually, mm. you just have a baby, you just keep it alive, right? That's most of it.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's that's mean, your main mean, goal, right? Like, yeah, it is. yeah.
0: Are, are,
3: are, is it still alive? Okay, well then, we're we got a leg up on the situation.
0: <laughs> <laughs> seems like yeah, really Tamagotchi esque, less right. a Furby that's going to learn and grow. No, it's one so of those the, things where, like, you know, yeah, I, I've talked a lot
3: through our podcasting history about how I've always wanted real life to be more like tv uh and and i'm consistently disappointed when it's not but but having a kid i am glad that having a kid is not like in tv because when they deal with it at all in tv it's usually made out to be a a whole lot worse than it actually is
0: (laughs) that's good to know Yes, yeah, so I thought it was special. I also thought it was funny David how you shit on their one take cuz they were clearly so proud of it. Ooh.
2: <laughs> ouch. Ooh they loved it. You burned. They, they they really <laughs>
0: <laughs> They were jerking themselves up with the whole stinger. Mm-hmm. You kind of ruined it, but
2: um, <laughs> I, <laughs> Yeah,
0: I want to
2: I'm a party pooper. What do you want from me?
0: Yeah. They really did build this up with so many, like, promos, and the commercial free was a huge thing. So Mm. I think it was somewhat special because it freaked me out about psychologically ruining a child and just that constant cry. (laughs) But then maybe not that special because that's not a good lesson, and it doesn't affect everybody. Some people can just fall asleep and watch sports. (laughs) Hashtag no judgment. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no judgment but passive aggressive judgments um, and the dog part was very good and yeah if you just edit this down to a 10 minute clip do that dog crawl and some licorice on the rigatoni
2: <laughs> And that's a pretty special
0: need. episode yeah, yeah.
2: Well, that now you made me remind you reminded me austin of it made you I, remind uh, yeah <laughs> lauren and i babysitted my nephew
4: Mm -hmm. and
2: so then we had to put him down to sleep and such, and then we were going to sleep and we had like a video baby monitor Mm
4: -hmm. and
2: as we were going to sleep I'm looking at the monitor and I just started staring at it, and then Lauren goes like what are you looking at? And I'm like I feel like I haven't seen him breathe in a few minutes (laughs) (laughs) and she goes do you think he's dead? And I go, of course I think he's dead (laughs) 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 Should, should we go check it? I'm like No, we shouldn't check on him. I'm sure he's (laughs) fine.
0: Yeah, baby monitors can be spooky, my friend. We were playing cards, and she had one of her new kid. And then you just look at it, and it's all in that like green vision that like ghost hunters use.
4: Paranormal activities. uh, and like the frame
2: rates really slow so it's like, right? like a jerky movement if they move weird jiggers, or it looks yeah, like they're like, not moving at all if they're just like sleeping and...
0: like the frames glitch a lot and yeah, there's like exactly. weird pixelization and it just looks like like it's just like a baby ghost cam like yeah. where's my baby and what ghosts are there
2: and then there's like a guy in a, like a black and red striped sweater with claws on his <laughs> hand standing <laughs> over the baby for a while and you're like I don't know if that's supposed to be there It's probably just a weird thing with the monitor You're like, yeah.
0: You have to okay. tap X and no on him Three times before he goes away
3: <laughs> and, then you, and then you turn on the audio And you just hear him like dishing out delicious puns Left and right Yeah,
2: exactly <laughs> <laughs> Time to carve me some baby carrots Um <laughs>
0: Remember, we reviewed a Freddy episode. There's television.
2: I don't think I was there for that. Yeah, one, yeah, I think you missed that one, David. That Loser! Was, yeah.
0: You also lost out on Nightman. Holy I did shit. lose
2: out on Nightman. I feel bad about that. <laughs>
0: uh,
2: Carolyn, Can yeah. people find you online? Do you want them to oh, find just... you online?
0: They're all over, I'm all over rigatoni giant fan clubs. So if you have the largest piece of rigatoni, let me know. I would like to visit it at a stateside park. Uh, you can at me on Twitter. I'm at Carolyn Main, C A R O L Y N M A I N. like the street. You can find me on Patreon. I can send you out some postcard and some art, and you can check on what I'm doing currently, because I am doing stuff. <laughs> and that's it.
2: Doing stuff. Austin, are you doing you. stuff?
0: I Do am doing stuff.
3: Uh, you can find me on Twitter, where you can tell me what a terrible parent I am, at
4: Austin Gorton. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna. Uh, yeah.
3: You can read my writing at therealgentlemanofleisure.com and patreon.com slash
2: mm-hmm. uh, I am David Bitsenhofer. You can find me on Twitter at DrBits. That's doctor spelled out. What's so funny?
3: just like the question mark that you put on the end of yeah, that well, listen, I am Dr. Known. Bits question yeah.
0: mark <laughs> well, he's not
2: yeah exactly uh, yeah and maybe at the real of if I decide if something I want to write which kind of is happening but I don't think there's an audience for it so you know
0: <laughs> I love how halting you always are about your writing <laughs>
2: Uh, we are a very special episode podcast uh, You can rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Podbean You can follow us on Twitter at AVSE You can check out uh, our Facebook page You can email us at AVSEpodcast podcast at gmail.com is where you can email us And if you go to the grocery store and buy rigatoni You can use our promo code AVSE <laughs> To get $0 off your rigatoni <laughs>
0: And do it. Uh, so. Do it.
2: <laughs> so for a very special episode podcast, this is David, and I'm hoping I can finally get to sleep without my parents coming into my room to comfort me.
5: Yeah. Constant. Every night. Suck. <laughs>
1: that was a very special episode we dissected that shit from head to toe. did the time fly by or was it slow got so many life lessons oh how we've grown seen so much tv that we're gonna explode next time on a very special episode
2: there was a twitter thread i once saw by like a comedian or something but he was going it was presented as archit like uh historians going through the decades to find the number one song of every decade right okay and then- yeah
0: archivists
3: yeah
2: yeah yeah and so archivists. 1990 was if I could turn back time, I believe, right? Or is that two thousands? I forget which. One.
0: No, that, it was in that, the nineties. yeah, ninety would be. It would 90s. be timely, perfect yeah, for 90. this episode, which is why our listeners <laughs> believe we that it's in there
2: for real. Anyway, so it keeps going back in the decades, and then I think they had for like seventeen sixty was share. I turned back time.
4: If I just,
5: oh. <laughs> 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 you had turned back time.
2: Uh, that's someone else's joke that I found very funny. Uh good joke whoever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> whoever yeah, you were, eight, good on eight,
3: 89 is when that is when that came out. So. 89 Should
2: so the it might cusp have been the, 80- the
5: yeah, 90s. I don't know why I said the things I said Pride's like a knife, it too cut deep inside Words are like weapons, they wound sometimes I can really move to the